House Party, an MTV Scream recap podcast. I am your host, Martin, and joining me in the studio is Emma. Hi, I'm Emma. My pronouns are any of them. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at EmmaSCA. I, again, forgot my pronouns are she, her, and also you can find me on Twitter at Corpse Survivors. Forgot to say literally <laughs> any of that. Also joining me in the studio today is Nessa. Hey, I'm Nessa, also known as Loch Nessa. L-O-C-H-N-E-A-S-S-A, basically everywhere. Uh, she, her, and... Whew, I don't know. Great intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, joining me in the studio today is Jacqueline. Uh, hey, I'm Jacqueline. She, her. You can find me on Tumblr at Swampert if you want. But even though there's like a murder spree going on right now, you can't find me anywhere because actually I'm going to be starting a Pathfinder campaign. <laughs> so that's a reference to something later in the episode. Yeah. So for today's episode, we watched episodes seven and eight of MTV Scream season one. And I would, I, I think I said last week I was very excited to get to these episodes because I remembered some of the stuff that happened in them. Yeah. And, and boy, howdy, some stuff happened in these episodes. Yeah, it sure does. Truly. So uh, we pick up right where we la- left off last week with a Piper on the ground having conked her head and knocked herself unconscious in running from Mr. Scream. Uh, And she wakes up in a pool of blood and looks around and doesn't see Will, who we know has been dragged off by the killer. And then we see Will. Uh, He wakes up bound and gagged in a place with a lot of spooky looking metal equipment uh, and then the killer leans over him, and that's our that's our cold open. The killer gets all up in his face. I initially thought this was kind of like a kind of like a spoil sport, you know, like oh, you're just gonna show us that Will is still alive. But I later I end up really liking it. Yeah, they. Yeah, they don't do one of those like dramatic irony situations with Will so much, like. You kind of know that he's alive, and a lot of the characters think that he's alive throughout most of this. Um, so there's not a lot of tension that comes from that in in this uh, in most of episode seven. But I I don't mind it so much. I think they purposefully do a very good job of building up that Will is alive throughout the episode, for <laughs> yeah for reasons we will get to eventually. Yeah, they they really go out of their way to make sure that you know that Will is alive. Yep. Um, and then we we check in with Emma. She talks to her mom, who is cooking dinner with for the sheriff. Um, and we find out that the sheriff and Kieran are coming over for dinner. They're gonna do like a family double date kind of situation. Um, and Emma and Maggie are happy and communicating and they're glad that they had their little heart to heart about Brandon James. And I like Emma and Maggie. I still, I still, I continue to really like Maggie's actress. She's great. Yeah, she's solid. Same. I, I realized the other day that I was like, where do I recognize this person from? And I realized it's that she was in um, New Nightmare, 
like a, I just there's like an incidental character basically, like a minor a minor gets killed by Freddy Krueger character. But I was like, wow, this, I love connections. Oh, is New Night New Nightmares a Freddy Krueger thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where um, it's the one where Freddy Krueger is in real life trying to kill actual Heather Langenkamp, who played the who played the person in the first movie. Oh, that's so fun! Yeah, someone I someone suggested that I watch it because it's also a Wes Craven movie. Hell yeah! But I I've never seen it. I've heard it's good though. <laughs> it's very good. Um and so yeah so they they talk they're they're doing good their relationship has improved um Emma asks Maggie about her dad and like she's basically like hey so like you said that you were having like boyfriend issues with him like why did you still marry him and have a kid um and Maggie is basically well I still she basically explains like she was still in love with Emma's dad, but he left because he couldn't deal with the fallout of all of the Brandon James stuff and, like, the emotions that were related to it. And then Kieran comes to pick Emma up for school, and we find out that Maggie doesn't actually know that Emma and Kieran went on a date. She, like, kind of has an inkling, but Emma's like, no, mom, we're just friends. And then the next scene cuts to them just making out in a parking lot. Yeah, can we <laughs> talk about how Kieran has his truck parked across like three parking spots at school? <laughs> so I didn't notice that because I was so distracted. At the start of the scene, I wrote down at least Kieran finally shaved. And then by the yes. next shot, his five o'clock shadow had grown back. <laughs> yes, yes, I noticed this too. I wrote notes about this as well. I'm so glad. I, See, I did not I, notice that because I was so distracted by the truck because I was like, is that the same truck as Jake's truck? And then I like went back and was comparing and I was like, no, it's a completely different carriage. Completely and different this truck. this is why we have four hosts. Yeah, I also didn't notice because I was distracted that he's parked diagonally across three parking spots. God. No, but now that he's shaved, he really looks like the type of guy who would do that. Because, yeah. Like. And it doesn't go fully back to how it was before either. Like he's not in like full beard mode, like full Karl Marx, like he was before. <laughs> but like he's absolutely he's it's it's like slowly growing back. It's too powerful. It's I don't know. It like visibly grows back throughout the scene. Maybe this is a problem with the actor, where like wardrobe was just like, look, he he grows it back in between scenes. It's been forty five minutes. I can't keep up with it. Like. Our, I went th I went through our razor budget in the first two days. He's just gonna have to be a high schooler with a beard. <laughs> His facial hair is just too powerful. Um. So so yeah. So they're they're like making out at school and they like have a conversation about like how maybe it's weird that they're uh making out at school and like kind of dating because they're like yeah it's kind of weird maybe that like our parents are also dating um and then they're like not really though we're just gonna keep making out in the student parking lot if anything it fueled it yeah i'm gonna stepsister you up so good oh no Ugh. oh no yeah. oh god podcast god. canceled podcast canceled <laughs> um and and emma gets a text from will 
um, saying that like he tried to make things right, but he can't, and he's sorry, and yeah, and and we know that um he can't be texting this because he's like tied up in a shed. So there is there is a little bit of dramatic irony. I it's kind of weird that the killer would text her that and that it doesn't really go anywhere, but. I, I feel like that's the implication that the killer texted it because we already know that Will's like tied up. I mean, yeah. the killer knows there's a witness. That's true. Like the killer saw Piper there and left her alive for a reason. That is, yeah, that is that is fair. And then we then we check in with Noah and Audrey. Um, they do their their fun little banter about how Audrey was interrogated by the cops. Um, and how Emma came through for her by lying to the police. Um, and Audrey kind of calls Noah out on, on watching the video on the SD card with Emma. So, like, we know that she knows that Noah has seen the footage and, like, they're both cool about it. Noah also says that he ran Mr. Branson's fingerprints, which I think we talked about last time. It's just, like, not... I think that he could do or that would work, probably. And we find out that Mr. Branson is uh, out of school that day and the blackmail files have been deleted. What? What? The the free Audrey shirt, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jacqueline, what were you saying about the substitute? The substitute. Speaking of how people are dressed... Um, so the substitute is, like, the fanciest dress substitute teacher I've ever seen in my life. Like, full, like, I don't know, like, formal wear. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, you'd be surprised with some teachers. I had a math teacher who was dressed as, like, every single day came in dressed like a governess dominatrix. Ah. Whoa. Hello? Yeah. Like, I, I made a quip about it, and my mom was like, don't you dare uh, whatever, and then she came back from a teacher's conference, and she was like, so so she just wears the stilettos every day? And I was like, yeah, she wears the <laughs> stilettos every day to stand while teaching. Good lord. Uh, yeah. I have, also have a question. How long was Audrey gone? Because there are several illusions in this episode that Audrey missed midterms while she was in the clink. And... The- would, wouldn't have Noah and Emma also miss midterms because they were busy breaking into Audrey's house? Yeah, that's... That is fair. That's true. Like, it, it, the implication in the last episode, I thought, was that she was only in there for one day. Because, like, Noah and Emma skip school in the afternoon to get the SD card, and then Emma actually gets it, or, like, gets Audrey free by, like, it's nighttime. Yeah, and they we see them in class that day, too. Like, it doesn't feel like they're about to do midterms. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is weird. I didn't think about that until you you said it. But yeah. The way the way that time passes in this show is very weird. Yeah. Unless Audrey is lying about doing her midterm. Ooh. Ooh new conspiracy. Think about that. <laughs> I will. Um <laughs> So then, uh, so then Brooke and Jake uh, are are also talking at school. Uh, Brooke kind of gives Jake the update on her dad. Uh, she says that she's been asking him where her mom is, but he's being really evasive. 
um, and she caught him like leaving the house and coming home really late at night. Um, and then Emma comes up on them and asks where Will is, and Jake is like, "Oh, you know, maybe he was out drinking." Um, and then Emma's like, "No, I like I got this weird text from him." Um, and and Jake makes the connection that uh, Will was probably meeting with the mayor, and Brooke says like, "Hey." Will was blackmailing my dad because she still doesn't know that Jake was actually involved. Um, but none of this really helps them because they still don't know why Will is at school. Um, and then Piper shows up at the school and is like, Emma, I need to talk to you. How this begins my pass. <laughs> How did she get a pass into the hallways? It takes that. You have yeah, to have that a was direct my question. purpose in that- order for a school to let you in. This begins my long-running run, bit for this series, which will be this town has no goddamn security. Yeah. Yep. No, I. this is good. This is, you're right. This is a theme. I'm excited to see where this pops up because there's there's security stuff happening later too. I guess if, if a high school is sufficiently big, you can probably get away with it, but this does not seem like a big high school. It's not one of those like outdoor California high schools where you could just like sneak in from the outside. I mean, having gone to one of those, even that you can't really sneak in because there's like gates and there's usually like people posted up at the gates and stuff like that. And like if you're there after the first bell, you have to go through the office because they have locked the gates. I would. Yeah, I was also thinking that in terms of like teenagers have been dying in the past week. Like why? Why are they letting random reporters into the school? I'm a reporter. I need to talk to one of your students. Yes, yes, I'm an adult. I'm a podcaster. You, ha- it's important podcasting business. <laughs> yeah, you know how they just let any old podcaster inside a public school. <laughs> I, I <clears throat> never mind. <laughs> there was um, so much happening in that moment too. I just like lost yeah. track of who was talking about what and who had which information. Yeah, that whole scene is a lot of like people sharing information but they're all kind of like either lying to each other or they're on like different levels of like well jake obviously knows that like will was meeting with the mayor and like brooke also knows that but she doesn't know that like jake is in on the the like blackmailing operation and she thinks it's just will yeah yeah the next scene we're at the creepy place right and brooke has we like open on brooke and jake bickering about the fact that now brooke knows that jake was involved yeah so he had to have come clean pretty quickly but still also piper's monologue about what happened and the will saved my life it's so fucking rehearsed i do not trust piper I, that's the other so thing is rehearsed. I didn't trust Piper until later in the episode, but I was like, I was like, at the time, I was just like, did he save your life? Like, I, I just remember, you know, it's not like he steps in front of the knife. You just kind of both are standing there, and he gets stabbed instead of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to even be fair later to in her, the episode, I don't trust her. <laughs> to be fair to Piper, she got super concussed. <laughs> not to be fair to Piper. Piper really got on my nerves this episode. Yeah, yeah. She's you're an adult. Yeah. Be an adult. She- is it like she we've mentioned a... we've mentioned the Rachel Berry energy, right? We have to. <gasps> no, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> my my thing with Piper also is that like she is obviously supposed to be older than the teens, but they've cast an actress who is the same age as all of the other actors. So Yeah. It 
they're just like, this one is an adult, <laughs> but don't pay attention to the fact that she looks exactly the same as these, like, 16-year-olds. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I do have a theory, but I'll get into it later in the episode. Okay. I think you and I have the same theory. We'll get into it then, and then we'll mind melt. Mind melt? I, mind melt. So yeah, so so everyone is like skipping school to be at this like creepy warehouse. Um, the the kids in this show skip school a lot. It's fine. Don't don't be like them. Well, <laughs> they go pick up Noah first. <laughs> oh yeah. So do they? Yeah. He's making two oh, anime god. women figurines kiss. Oh my god! No, I, don't com- they, don't I completely they forgot Noah about later? that. <laughs> I thought they picked up Noah later. No, I, I no. no he's with them at the creepy warehouse. Well, no, no, okay, is he? I remember him making him so, kiss. I, I don't think he is. I think I think oh, it's no, just you're right. Brooke that is and later. them. Yeah, there there are two creepy abandoned locations. Two creepy abandoned episode. locations in this episode. My bad. My bad. So yeah, so so first they're in the garage, and Emma finds like a message in blood that says "No cops, Emma," <laughs> which is great. Um, and no then she gets Emma. a call from the killer uh, with like Will like in distress in the background and the killer's like let's play a game Emma um and invites her to play a game of hide and seek to find Will yeah also when Emma gets the call Brooke Piper and Jake are all outside because Emma has sent them away to deal with Piper's concussion presumably oh yeah they just she just like makes them leave yeah but um, it's like hide and seek time, and then we go to the game store. Oh, yes! God. I I also liked. I wrote down the line in here where uh, where there Emma and the the killer starts talking about Brandon James, and I was like, my mom told me everything, and the killer goes, "Your mom is a lying whore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So yeah. So then then Emma goes to the game store to pick up Noah and Audrey. <laughs> <sighs> Um, but Audrey is not there because she's taking a she's taking a makeup midterm supposedly. I'm glad um, Noah is an Asure shipper. <laughs> I... The two the two characters he's holding look a lot like the girls from Evangelion. I don't, yeah, I don't think I, they I just are. Love, but I just love how straightforward his like lines for them are. Like, oh, I hope that one day somebody will accept society will accept us. And like, <laughs> the, I. Four days after gay marriage was legalized. <laughs> Can you imagine oh, walking just... into the game store and the guy behind the counter is just doing that? He's just like, hey, can I help you? Do you need anything? We just got a new shipment in of records. I literally just wrote down in all caps, Noah? Anime lesbians? <laughs> we do see, I think I wrote it down. At some point in these episodes, you get to see what the name of the game store is. I it You do, and I have it written down, and I also have the place, the location next to it, because I think it's very funny where it's at. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh. oh, do you want it all now? Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, 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 I want <laughs> it. All right. Uh, I have to move my notes around. It'll be loud. Hang on. Okay. It is called Nightmare Level, and it is next to an oyster bar. Oh god. That's a lot. Yeah. The oyster bar is titled is cut off. It's called Something Pearl. That's incredible. Yeah. I had to pause and write that down. Also, because <laughs> it made me think like, what the hell is this town? Like, size wise, because it's 
it's like a small town where murder would never happen, but also it has two high schools and it can it can sustain uh, a bowling alley, a uh an oyster bar and a game store like my city is pretty big but we have an oyster bar but we do not have a game store i guess this is like a very entertainment focused town yeah you're right i I think we just don't have enough teens willing to pull up their bootstraps and work in my town (laughs) (laughs) well noah is apparently the only one who works at the game store clearly you can't be working sorry (laughs) no no you go he can't be working that hard. He's dedicated his time to starting a fucking Pathfinder campaign. <laughs> Noah, people are dying. Yeah, he invites Emma to join his Pathfinder campaign. I missed that somehow. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and and Emma's like, hey, I need you to track this text message. And Noah's like confused because he's not current with the also hey why is he working aren't they supposed to be at school <laughs> does he have like work study what is happening uh, with did the they, timeline did they leave school yeah no i do you think they just, just waited for the end of the day to go look for will yeah is it after school oh my what's God. going on <laughs> maybe noah doesn't go to that school maybe no we see him no, there maybe see- maybe driving out to that abandoned location took Let's just say the Piper thing was after lunch. Maybe driving out to the abandoned location and back took like two, three, four hours. <laughs> I I just like the idea that Noah, like the reason he always has the right answer in class is because he's already taken the class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was held back a year on purpose. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Okay, my my concerns about the timeline of this show aside, um, Noah is, like, confused because he doesn't have all the information and he's like, wait, don't we hate Will? Like, <laughs> I thought I thought we didn't like Will. Um, and Emma has to kind of explain to him what's going on. Uh, meanwhile, Brooke is confronting her dad about the blackmail video and is like, hey, Will is missing and you look very suspicious. <laughs> Um, and she says that she saw the blackmail video and the mayor's like, it's not what it looks like, I promise, and then doesn't elaborate on what it is. He like um, he and- took a course on how to how to sound the most guilty possible. Yeah. Yeah. He's so sleazy with his big old fucking smile. <laughs> He's just like, I'm the mayor, sweetie, I can't turn it off, I'm sorry. But also, Jake, since when do you have Will's back? Like what do you buddy? Guy. Yeah, so so Jake turns up um, and Brooke leaves with him because she is like, Dad, I am asking you one more time where Will is. And he's like, I swear I have no idea because he doesn't. Um, or does he? Or does he? Does he? Um, <laughs> and then uh, so Noah kind of does some off screen hacker magic and finds Will's phone. Um, Emma decides to go to the location and and find Will, hopefully. And then Brooke and Jake show up and are like, we're going to go with you. And then (laughs) Noah, like, doesn't want to go. And they rope him into going with them anyway. (laughs) See, that's not how I... I thought it was that Noah didn't think he was invited along. And when they said we, he's like, we? I'm included? (laughs) Me? I just thought he didn't want to go. 
I wrote in my notes, Noah coward funny question mark. <laughs> I was unclear, but I, I do like Emma's interpretation. Yeah. So they go to, um, well, first of all, Jake has brought a lot of knives with him. Jake is correct. What have you got? He's a there. knife. No. <laughs> Two knives. <laughs> He has brought, in fact, a handful of knives, and they, like, treat him like this is very weird, but he is correct, yeah. Like, <laughs> I would not go into that abandoned location where you know that a killer probably is without a weapon. Um, Kieran also calls Emma and, like, and is like, hey, why aren't you at dinner with our parents? I thought we agreed that we were both gonna be here, um, but she can't tell him why. Um, because the killer said no cops and she can't, like, run the risk of getting the sheriff involved. Um, so she's basically like, I need you to lie <laughs> and say that I'm at Audrey's house, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> Valid. And, um, she has to, like, reassure Karen that she's not with Will because he is being a weirdo. Yep. He really is. Yeah. Um, and then they they break into a property where Will's cell phone signal is coming from. <laughs> yep. So that's the one thing. So that's the one thing that um, Noah did, where I was like, "This is within my realm of possibility. This seems like something a teenager could potentially do, maybe." Oh, breaking the uh, the fence or whatever they do to get on there? No, just tracking someone's cell phone somehow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is very funny that originally when Emma asks him, she's like, hey, like, you could find a phone, right? And he's like, yeah, there's, like, an app that does that. <laughs> and she's like, no, I need you to find, like, the phone of a kidnapped person. <laughs> yeah. It's called uh, Find My iPhone, Emma. Ever heard yeah. of it? Yeah, I love how long emma beats around the bush around it too where she's like no no no, it's not my phone it doesn't have the app and it's not my phone look it's will's and noah's like why would we why would we help will and she just goes oh because he's been uh kidnapped yeah i'm like you didn't think to lead with that one buddy nope didn't didn't think it was relevant (laughs) it wasn't relevant to noah's journey wasn't So yeah, so they they break they break into this like abandoned property, um, and are kind of like looking around for a way to get inside, um, and they they kind of split into pairs. It's Noah and Emma, and then Jake and Brooke, which they will stay in. Um, and Noah is like, I hate this. I'm really scared. And I was like, Yeah, I have a really bad feeling. Um, and they have this really interesting conversation. Uh, where Noah is, like, trying to unravel the killer's motives a little bit. Um, and is like, yeah, I feel like the killer is, like, it's, like, making you be responsible for, like, who lives and who dies. And so it's just, like, they're trying to play a game, but, like, you're the only one who has pieces to lose. And Emma's like, oh, you're kind of right about that. Um, and they, they talk about kind of how, like, the killer is setting her up to feel like she has power um, and is, like, a player in the game and then is just, like, ultimately taking that away from her. Um, Which is a pretty good thesis for 
for this episode, I think. Yeah. We, we do it's... also have to bring up the most important line in the episode when they split up. When Jake says, let's shake and Jake, baby. <laughs> oh, yes. I did write that down. Um, <laughs> Andrew uh, has been watching ahead uh, because I recommended the show to him a couple weeks ago. No. Um, and... <laughs> and he sent a message on the Discord that was like, I love Jake's kind of devolution into just like a guy who says his own name a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could really see that starting to happen in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the real Jake? Is this the character? Is this he's he's so complex, but also so singular. <laughs> he's just Jake. He's just Jake. Let's shake and Jake, the baby. Mask. He's become the mask. Um, Honestly, so I kind of think he has been. Because remember later, Brooke is like, you know, you'd get more girls if you didn't do this whole, like, frat bro thing. Yeah. And he's just like, mm. Yeah, we we do kind of get some insight into that. This is kind of like a, a personality that he puts on. Um, because he thinks it helps him get girls. Which, the jury is out on that one. Yeah. Um... But he also does a really bad job of breaking down a door <laughs> to get them into this building. <laughs> um, While discussing his theory that Noah might be the killer. Yeah, they all kind of like go around and accuse each other while Jake like just does an absolutely abysmal job of breaking into a building. These teens suck at breaking and entering. <laughs> I, like, I do like how Jake remembered to bring a bag of knives, but not like, and also a crowbar. Which I guess yeah. that's Audrey's job when Audrey's in, in midterms. True. I guess also they didn't really know where they were going, but uh, they yeah. probably could have guessed that it was an abandoned location given all of the information that they have so far. Yeah. I'm keeping Will at the Ridgefield Mall. <laughs> <laughs> or they could have like looked up the address. It's 2015. Google Maps exists. Yeah. Um. So so they break into this building, they do a, a bad job, and then we kind of, <laughs> it cuts to uh, Maggie and the sheriff, who are once again in a totally different genre <laughs> from everyone else, are like having their nice family dinner. <laughs> and Kieran is so <laughs> uncomfortable. And Kieran is there alone. Um, they, they talk a little bit about how like Lorraine has gotten booted booted off the investigation for good reason, uh, and she has left town. She's gone, uh, and Kieran has has kind of become stuck like holding his own with Maggie and the sheriff because Emma's not there. Yeah, I do feel bad for him. I feel like of of most of the stuff that we've seen in the show so far, um. Having to have, like, a positive interaction with your significant other's parents when, like, they're not in the room (laughs) is the most relatable thing. Yeah, and one of the parents is your dad. Then one of the parents is your dad. Yep. And they're dating. Um, and so, so yeah, so Kieran is suffering, uh, Emma and Noah get into the building. Once again, I really like the like creepy abandoned sets in this show. I think it would be very easy to make them all look the same, and they are all kind of lit the same. But I I do like the variety of like the the scary locales that they go to. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we got hospital. 
warehouse slash car dump zone bowling alley. The bowling alley really stood out. Bowling alley is yes, a fun so, one. Yeah, they find out that they are in an abandoned bowling alley. Uh, which is one of the things that I remember most from this show, because I just remember thinking that the set was so cool. And I love that they do, like, half an episode set in an abandoned bowling alley. It's a, it's a good asset. It is! It's very cool. Do you, do you um, think they had to paint that mural, or do you think it was already there? I feel like it was probably already there. God willing. Sometimes my, like, brain gets stuck on production stuff, because, I mean, I haven't... I've only been in, like, two TV shows, but they both, like... I was, like, looking at it. I was, like... There's, like, one scene with later with um, Piper and Brooke, and they're standing in front of a vending machine, and uh, you can see all the labels. And I was just, like, that was somebody's entire-ass day was just, like, getting all these fake brands brands of chips and stacking them in this vending machine for one shot that lasts for, like, 15 seconds. Oh, God, yeah. yeah I didn't even think about that. I was, um... I was thinking, do you think they... Like, do you think they specifically went out of their way to find, like, an abandoned bowling alley for the show? Or did they just, like, find that there was an abandoned bowling alley in the town that they were going to film in and, <laughs> and decide that they were going to put it in the show? I feel like Could they probably both. had bowling alley first. Because uh, this episode feels very... Not to say it feels more like the writers had a plan than some of the other episodes feel... That is true. But it mm. does. So I feel like Bowling Alley was definitely always in the works. Maybe they just like actively sought one out. The, yeah, that is fair. This is a very like tightly written episode, I feel like. Um, so yeah, so they, they find out that it's a Bowling Alley. They actually break in through the back and they kind of come up the lanes, which is very fun. Um, and Jake and Brooke get inside as well. Uh, Jake is like, hey, we should split up to find Will. So they split up again. <laughs> Uh, and, and Noah is, like, very vocally against it this time. Um, and then we, we cut back to dinner with, with Kieran, and, uh, Maggie is like, you know what, I'm just gonna call Emma and see where she is, and Kieran's like, no, it's fine, I'll go pick her up myself. You don't have to do anything, don't even worry about it. And he, like, he leaves in just, like, the most suspicious way possible. And the parents are like, oh, look at him rushing out of here to go kiss our daughter on the mouth. See, I feel like they were like, man, he was uncomfortable. That was hilarious. He couldn't get out of here yeah. fast enough. <laughs> they just like think it's really funny that he's uncomfortable. <laughs> and so then we go back to the bowling alley where we are for much of this episode. Uh, Jake is... It, they establish that uh, Brooke knows, I think, implied because uh, of Piper kind of telling the, the story of, like, what her and Will were doing at the garage. Um, so Brooke knows from Piper that Jake was also in on the blackmail scheme, and she is mad at Jake about it. Um, and so her and Jake have been paired up, and Jake is kind of trying to convince her to forgive him and also a little bit trying to get into her pants um, using the fact that they're in like a scary abandoned building where maybe there's a killer. Where uh, there's certainly and, a killer. Yes, where there is certainly a killer. Uh, and Brooke, Brooke calls him out on it. She doesn't like let him get away with it and she's pretty peeved about it. 
this whole section, I don't know where my notes for this start and end, but I know that there's like several times where my notes just say, Jake, that's sus. Jake, what the fuck? Jake, that's sus. Yeah, Jake is very suspicious in this whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of in a way where the writers like are pointing a big flashing arrow directly at him. Yeah. <laughs> like he very conspicuously later is like, I have to go to the bathroom. And then the killer appears as soon as he leaves. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's like, maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. Um, Noah and Emma, meanwhile, are like searching the back rooms of this bowling alley uh noah has a theory that like oh maybe jake is the the killer because like he is the only one who knew that will was meeting with the mayor and maybe he went after will for personal reasons um and like who else knew where will was nobody that's who um (laughs) and jake is like a a creep to brooke he so he calls her out for sleeping with a teacher which is deserved. Um, and he's like, your cover of like sleeping with a college guy isn't subtle and it's not a good lie. Um, and Brooke is like, well, like we called it off, so don't worry about it. And I think that you have to like be authentic for people to like you, Jake. Um, <laughs> I liked, I really liked the part where he just like, stabs a knife into the wall next to her head and it just does not face her at all. Yeah. What the fuck, Jake? They really gotta, like, show his parents or, like, a flashback to their childhood and have Brooke be like, yeah, he's just like this and he's like this for a reason and it's fine or or something. Or, like, like play it up when he leaves her the bathroom later for just him to be like, I'm uncomfortable talking about my emotions. I'm gonna go pee. (laughs) I did kind of get that vibe though. Like they, they, it very much gives the vibe that like Brooke has known him forever and like just no, like puts up with his shit. Yeah, I think this is especially backed up by like later on. Brooke is staying. Uh, Brooke's dad is like, go stay with the Fitzgeralds, and I think that's mm-hmm. Jake's family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she. Yeah, I think in the next episode she is like staying with Jake's family for a while. Uh, We also skipped over the brief moment where Noah kind of victim blames Will for getting kidnapped. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He really does do that. He's like, I don't remember his exact line. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry this happened to Will, even though he was kind of asking for it. (laughs) Noah is still very much like, oh, we hate Will. We hate Will now, right, guys? (laughs) Which, um... Is understandable. Noah is the with audience. The context that he's been given, yeah. Um, so yeah. So then Jake goes to the bathroom. He he leaves Brooke after this like kind of intense, emotionally charged conversation that they have. Um, he's like, "Well, I gotta go to the bathroom. Goodbye." Um, <laughs> and Noah and Emma find a secret closed door, and they open it up, and who do they find but Will? Yay! He is tied to the ceiling, um, and he has a stab wound in him because the killer did stab him last time, in case anybody forgot. Um, and they cut him down, and uh, Emma like takes the duct tape off his mouth, and he's just, he's not doing great. Um, 
And meanwhile, the killer has popped out behind Brooke, like, immediately as soon as Jake left. Mm -hmm. Um, And Brooke is running for her life through the bowling alley, and she finds Emma and Will and Noah, and it's like, the killer's here, and Jake is still out there. We gotta go, like, save Jake. Um, And Audrey calls Noah on the phone, uh, and Noah's like, we're at the bowling alley, we need help, Um, but... Aud- like the the reception sucks at the bowling alley, and so Audrey barely hears any of the phone call. She hears that like they're at the bowling alley and they need help, but not like the full context of the situation. Basically, um, and Emma is like, "Well, if we if we're gonna like get Will out of here, he he like we need to close up his wound, and it needs stitches. But I'm just gonna duct tape it because we don't have time." Or equipment. So she slaps duct tape over his stab wound, which is so gross. I feel like she just got to start carrying some, like, pocket crazy glue at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much bad stuff to do, like, in the next few minutes happening. Also, There really is. Also, technically, duct tape from, like, the 80s. (laughs) God. Well, you oh, don't know that the right. killer didn't bring their own duct tape. Oh, you're duct- right. They probably yeah. brought their own duct tape. Never mind. I take it back. Yeah. and Well, plus it was the duct tape that was like slapped over Will's mouth, which is not sanitary. Um, And oh, no, wait. Does she tear it off like a fresh roll? Yeah. She does. But okay. I think the killer. I'm Emma's wrong. right. The killer just left it behind. God, I hope yeah, Will doesn't have a deviated it. septum. I think I would suffocate if someone put a piece of duct tape over my mouth. I cannot breathe through my nose. Oh, man. I, Mood. yeah, and like, I don't know. Now there's gonna be all kinds of like gross duct tape in his wound. It's it's gross. Yeah. Um, no one Brooke actually leaves a room during this because neither of them wants to see it happen, which is completely fair. Um, and Noah uses the duct tape to make a knife stick. We love knife stick. I can't um, wait for knife Mar- stick to come back. I, Martin, I think you'll believe that uh, Noah attempts to make knife stick and then Brooke grabs it from him and is like, it just he's struggling and Brooke's just like, here you go. Here's how you, here, you want to know how to make a spear? Here's how you make a spear, pussy boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Noah attempts to make a knife stick. Brooke succeeds at making knife stick. <laughs> Everyone had vibes together, by the way, this episode. It's kind of like a Noah-Brooke scenario. Earlier, there's kind of a Jake-Noah like homoerotic thing going on a little bit that like 2015 bully thing just a little bit yeah i really i really enjoy whenever they put brooke and noah together that is actually like a very popular dynamic on the show and i think it's for good reason hell yeah um and will is like emma you shouldn't have come to find me and she finds that the killer has carved uh something into his back and it is the letter b and the number four and she finds a locker with that is i believe the same like number letter um and it has a uh, a time card for brandon james who she finds out used to work at the bowling alley and it also has a tape of her dad that was made for a ptsd project interview so elaborate. Um, yeah, this is a very elaborate puzzle that she's been that she's been given. 
Um, and the killer starts playing uh, Daisy Daisy over the intercom, and Emma is like, I have to go. And she leaves without, like, explaining that she's found this tape to anyone. I think, yeah, that is so elaborate. Like, the killer is, like, timing it, guessing how long it's gonna take. The timing's too perfect. Well, unless the there are four killers. Oh. True. They're all just texting Perhaps. each other like, hey, man, do it now, do it now, do it now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know what is the more elaborate thing? What? The lights work here. The PA system works here. So that means oh, they yeah. had they had to get this thing back on the grid and probably, like, I mean, maybe the PA system wasn't broken, but, like, fix the PA system. <laughs> or so many things had to go into that. They had to, like, turn the generator on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a good point, though. I didn't think about that. Um, and so, yeah, so Emma... So Emma leaves. She doesn't tell anybody that she found this tape. She just, like, runs out of the room. Uh, Noah, Brooke, and Will decide that they have to... Well, Will decides that they have to go and help out Emma. So they are also going to leave and go back her up. Uh, Emma goes into the intercom room and plays this tape of her dad... Uh, which is him talking about how he keeps having nightmares about the Brandon James attack um, and he can't get this image out of his head of like people hiding in a bowling alley um, and he accuses Maggie of sleeping with Brandon James. We'll put a pin in that. That will become relevant shortly. Yeah. And Brooke hears Jake yelling because she's been really worried about Jake this whole time. Um, and she's like, we gotta go, we gotta help Jake. And Noah's like, oh, but what if the killer is just, like, using Jake to to lure us out? And there is an extremely funny jump scare where <laughs> Noah opens the door of the room that they're in and the killer is just standing there. It's such a good jump scare. It's so funny. I loved it. It's funny, but, like, effective, too. Like, I did, I, I very much was like, ha, ah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Me too. It's but, like, oh, go, Nessa. Do we think they were just standing there the whole time? Like, they're going to open the. I just stabbed Jake. <laughs> they're going to open this door at some point. I can hear him yelling. Or do you think they were like, do you think that happened and they were like, that was really good timing? I was about to barge in there and then he just opened the door. Fantastic. Serendipity. I don't know, but this they episode really remembers standing... it's a horror show. <laughs> they are just like standing completely still, though. <laughs> True. Yeah, true. I, I think they were they were probably waiting, which is honestly I know it's so scary, but also at the same time it's so funny to think of them just being like any second now. Yeah. I can't wait till they open this door. They're gonna be so fucking scared. Yeah, it's very much like you can kind of sense that it's coming, but you still jump anyway. Yeah. And then it becomes really funny when Noah just slams the door in the killer's face. Yeah. <laughs> Big Scooby Doo moment. Yeah, yeah, extremely Scooby Doo of them, um, and and so Will is like, okay, you guys go. Like, I'm gonna hold the door shut. I'm gonna be the hero, uh, even though he is the one who is currently stabbed. Yeah. And could um, barely and, stand earlier. Yeah, and is like has just finished being kidnapped the first time. Um, so he's like, I I'll hold the door shut because I'm the strongest. Um, and Brooke and Noah run away. And then Brooke finds Jake slumped against a wall with a knife in him. Um, 
And then she takes the knife out of him. Do not do that. PSA Darn. from all the people here at this podcast. If someone's been stabbed, leave the knife in unless it's coated with poison or something. But even then, just let them duke it out with the poison because bleeding to death will quickly t overtake being poisoned. Yeah, she like... It's also bizarre because she finds out that he's still alive because he like groans and talks and whatever and she's like okay just stay still i'll help and then takes the knife out of him with her foot too i mean she's got one hand on the blade but she's like she's like one hand on one foot on his chest one hand on the blade pulling out like he's like a i don't know like a tire that got stuck it's like a big knife too mm -hmm. Yeah. There should have been a scene where, when he's in the hospital, where the doctors were like, when she, later, when she's like, you know, they, there should have been a scene later where they're like, um, yeah, no, the stabbing wasn't great, but it's really when you remove the knife where most of the damage came from. Yeah, you it's cracked his ribs clean. open like a lobster shell. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a clean stab, though, like there's barely any blood. Yeah, and they, they see later that it missed, like, all of his internal organs. Yep. That it was, like, it's not suspicious. actually the worst stab. I know, it's sus. Everything Jake does this episode is sus. It's a little sus. Yeah. Not to defend Jake, but also, if someone did stab me in the chest, I probably would be like, I gotta lay down for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, sitting on the floor when, when Brooke finds him. Which is like, yeah, buddy, I understand. <laughs> um, and so Emma comes out of like the like offices of the bowling alley and is like looking for Brooke and Jake, and then the killer comes up behind her, as this killer really likes to do. Uh, and then Will like football tackles the killer. Will really is the hero of this episode. Yeah, it's. It's a little bit goofy because he just like comes out of nowhere from off screen. Yeah. <sighs> just really, honestly, it is kind of, he like almost looks like Kermit the way he's like being thrown at <laughs> <Yeah>. a. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah, it is very like. Will is a Muppet. <laughs> Specifically does... for the audience, the, those scenes where Kermit's being like thrown off a bus or something. Uh -huh. <laughs> does look like they just like threw a dummy from off screen <laughs> like it does not look like a real person um and then the cops show up as this is happening and the killer like slips away runs off uh the cops chase after him but they don't end up being able to find him and also kieran shows up with the cops uh because he apparently has a police scanner in his car and he heard like the call come through Undercover cop. I don't <laughs> trust. I I swear to God, Jacqueline might be right on this so one. Questionable. How Kieran is there so fast? Where also, did you get the police scanner? You took your car, not your dad's. Bad security because the cops are storming a building and they're like, "We're the cops." Also, this kid's here. Yeah, I do think this lends more credence to the undercover cop theory. True. I, Jacqueline, if you're right, I'll eat a Snickers. I, I'll try my best to be correct in that case. Everyone should have a, a delicious candy bar once in a while. 
Listeners at home, eat your favorite candy bar right now, just for everyone listening to this podcast. I agree. Correct. Wait, I want, I want one. <laughs> You're not you a listener. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm listening to it right now. Well, there you go. Have a candy bar. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, and then Noah like kind of walks into the scene because we haven't seen him for quite some time. Again, this is like the 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 writers like as a footnote trying to make noah seem very suspicious and it just like doesn't work uh it it more so just makes it look like that cop was ready to murder noah to death because he was scared (laughs) yeah uh he just kind of like walks into the scene and is like hey i found a back door where maybe the killer escaped from uh and they do they find that there is a back door that has like easier access in and out of this uh of this abandoned building. Also, Jesus Christ, um, the world's largest bowling alley. Yeah, it. this building is huge. So many and doors. Like, also, It's huge and like a labyrinth. Did we actually talk about how the cops realized to get there? No, we did not. About how Noah calls Audrey. Oh yeah, we, we did talk about okay. that. Yeah, we find out that Audrey... That Audrey called the cops. Yeah, because we see Audrey just walk into Emma's house. Yeah. Yeah, oh. she... And go, yeah, hey, where's Emma? Walks... <laughs> also, why don't... She walks into Emma's house, and Maggie is like, wait, I thought you were with Emma. And Audrey's like, no, I think Emma's in danger. Also, you guys should lock your front door. Yeah. <laughs> There's a killer on the loose. Have you guys heard about this? To be fair, Kieran was the last person to leave the house. Yeah, Kieran left it unlocked. It's it is not your guest's responsibility to lock the front door. <laughs> um and so yeah, so the cops show up, they have their they like search the bowling alley. Noah like literally looks directly into the camera and says cue tearful re- reunion montage as Everyone is like meeting up with Audrey and Maggie and the sheriff and whatever. Um, I also wrote here insane that Jake gets taken to the hospital and Will does not. Yeah, yeah. I also put uh, insane that they all made it this time. I would come to regret that statement. Spoilers. uh... (laughs) So they, yeah, they take Jake away in an ambulance, but you, you see, like, wow, that was the. That was the most Baltimore way I've ever said ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> they take Jake away. And you see just like a cop sitting with Will in like a shock blanket. Yeah. Dude, Jake's like... family's rich. They can afford the ambulance bill. <laughs> okay, true. Will probably said no. But I was like, he needs to at least go to like an urgent care or something. Like he has a just an open stab wound in his tummy. He's and... got a carves on his back what if the whatever they carved that carved that in had tetanus exactly um so so yeah so uh brooke goes with jake in the ambulance to the hospital because he got stabbed um there's a nice little moment where they hold hands in the ambulance i actually did like that Hmm. i feel like this show a little bit wants me to ship them but i i just like that they're like childhood friends i like I, I love that for them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> They're more ales or whatever it's called at Homestuck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wait. Now I have to think about this for the entire cast. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, so also Audrey and Noah also clearly the friendship one that the horse and the cat were. Yeah. Who, okay, the, the Kiss Macy's of the group has to be, like... Oh, God. I, I think, like, in, in Troll World, uh, like, there is a point where <laughs> Emma... Emma Emma's, Emma's just, like, looks like, oh, no. Where, where, where Troll I have Emma... Read all of, I have read all of Homestuck. Me, too. Uh, I haven't. I have as well. I'm... I'm reacting like this because my friend who keeps tweeting at us and like live tweeting our show, I torment him with Homestuck because he also read it, but he's one of the people who's like, ah, like I actively wore a John Egbert shirt to one of our classes in college just to do psychic damage to him. That's so funny. That's amazing. Um, a, a troll Emma and troll Will would have vacillated between uh, uh, mates for ship and, and kiss messitude is my thing. Yeah. You're right, but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> oh god. So the next day Emma talks to her mom and the sheriff and is like this is like I whoever is doing this is like trying to open my eyes to something and it all goes back to Brandon James and the sheriff wants to put a protective detail on on Emma and she's kind of not about it. Uh Kieran also comes over and is like, hey, I did lie to your mom for you, but uh I want you to like let me in on all of this. Like this seems like something that I could help you with if you let me. Um and she's like, Well, I felt kind of awkward helping like asking you to help save my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> And he's like, but I would have done it, like. But then he also kind of, he's like, he's like, I w- I'm a chill dude. I totally would have helped save your boyfriend from a mass, or your ex-boyfriend from a mass killer. And then his next question is, do you still have feelings for him? Yeah, and I'm like, Kieran, Will almost died. Now's not the time for this. Yeah, this is incredibly inappropriate. Do you still have feelings for him because you didn't let him die? Yeah, this is like... Yeah, I I feel like this is one of the worst offenders so far of them trying to like inject teen drama into their like slasher TV show. Yep. <laughs> Cuz like, well, Emma like clearly doesn't have feelings for Will. He just like got kidnapped and almost died is the thing. <laughs> like <laughs> and and Kieran is trying to make it about their relationship. Oh, Kieran, he's a little bit of a weirdo in these episodes. <laughs> Um, and so then, yeah, Emma's like, I don't know, I might still have feelings for Will. We were together for, like, a long time. Like, that doesn't just go away. Um, and I like you, but I need some time. So Kieran leaves. Um, and Emma gets a phone call from Will. Uh, who, she is very, well, she's very smart, and she asks him to prove that it's actually him. Um, so, so go Emma. And he tells an embarrassing personal story about one of their first dates, which is a little bit cute. Um, Apparently and... she curry burped her way through the Maze Runner for their second date. And yeah. also very topical because Maze Runner came out 2014. I wondered if that was them sneaking a little bit of product placement in there. 
kind of belated product placement. Yeah, more yeah. like time framing of it. Also, how does that make sense for their second date? If it's does it does this technically take place in like 2016 or 2017, or is this a universe where Maze Runner came out a few years earlier? Because they're they're seniors and they've been dating for like three years. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. They never. Time went on doesn't dates. make sense in the show. <laughs> The true killer was time. <laughs> the writers just like didn't put they do not any care of this on a timeline. It's like the more that we talk about it, the more I'm realizing that like the writers did not have a unified timeline for this show, and it's like fine most of the time. It's just funny. <laughs> this show walked so Riverdale could fly. Yeah, exactly. Also, Mar, maybe they went out for two years, and the first time, the second time they ever went on a date was their third year of dating. <laughs> God. Um. So yeah. So Will tells her this story, and then Will invites her to uh over to his place to watch a movie because he is bedridden because he got stabbed. Um, and it's like, yeah, like my mom really wants to see you. Um, and Emma's like, yeah, I'll, I'll come over and watch a movie with you. Um, especially because she's, she's just been thinking about how maybe she still has feelings for Will. And they had some good times together. Um, and then we get a little scene at the game store where Audrey and Noah are kind of debriefing. Uh, Audrey says that she, she really wants to shoot a found footage horror movie at the bowling alley. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. I mean, they can't get you there twice, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, the killer's not going to go back there. It's probably fine. And it's got electricity, big space to shoot. Honestly, Audrey's kind of on her shit. Yeah, she's she's kind of right. Uh, Noah doesn't think it's a good idea. Uh, they also talk about, like, are Will and Jake still suspects? Are they maybe in cahoots and they, like, set this whole thing up to make themselves look less suspicious? Uh, And Noah is like, well, I know for sure that, like, Will is definitely going to use this to, like, try and get back with Emma. Because, like, that's kind of his MO at this point. Um, And so we are led into the next scene thinking that that's what's going to happen. Uh, Because Emma shows up at Will's uh, and he calls her. But it is, in fact, the killer. Because uh, she tries the same trick again where she's like, tell me like about our second date. And the killer is like, haha, you got me, Emma. Um, and the killer is like, you forgave Will way too easily. So we're the game's still on, Emma. Uh, and then she walks into, like, the, the farm backyard area of Will's house, and she trips a tripwire and watches Will get chainsawed in half. The farm machine came back. Yeah. It is the same fucked up farm machine they zoomed in on. It, yep. They called it what it was in the, in the, um, subtitles, and I was like, oh, that's what that's called. And then I forgot to write it down, because I was like, I wanted to Google it, because I'm like, clearly it's for, like, clearing trees or something. Why do we need this industrial chainsaws? It was uh, a lot. It's amazing. This is the best ending to any episode so far. I yeah, had to, like, <laughs> take a breather after. I was, I was so excited to get to this episode, because it's, like, one of the things that I remember, like, so clearly about this show was watching this episode for the first time and being like, well, I, like, 
they're pr- like they're not gonna kill him after they did the whole episode about like rescuing him from the killer, and they just gets chainsawed in half in the last like ten seconds of the episode at his house, it's so basically. Good. Yeah. They also like make sure that Emma is going to trip the tripwire because he doesn't just say like. You have to find Will. The killer ends the call with, you better start running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To make sure she is running too fast to notice there is a tripwire. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And this is, like, not spoilers, but, like, Emma is known for kind of beating herself up. And, like, for ones that she had almost no control over, this is the one where I feel like it probably, like, I would beat myself up over it. Because I'd be like... I'm sure I'm sure the killer had a backup plan, but like I feel like this one is the one you you want to like put yourself loathing into and not Riley. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. This is also the the goriest moment so far. Mhm. Um this this show does get a little gory. Oh yeah, we forgot I, the we forgot the money shot of Emma's face just going like blood everywhere. Yes. yes. Yeah, the last shot of this episode is Emma's like it's just like a tight shot on Emma as she's being like splattered with Will's blood. And then it shows you a zoom in shot on the chain of the chainsaw going from being clean to covered in Will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something, something drawing the comparison using the two shots of her face being clean and then being covered in blood and the chain of the chainsaw being clean and then covered in blood. Like, oh, she is the vehicle of this murder as well. Something, something. Oh, I like that. A little bit of literary analysis in our teen horror podcast. That's right. <laughs> we can be classy here. We can be. Um, this is also an interesting one because it's the first kind of almost break from M.O. that we've seen. This is the first. Well, it's not because of, uh, because of Rachel, but it's one of the first, like, non-stabby yeah. well, attacks. It's also, it's like, it's very much more like a saw trap than it is, yeah, like, the classic slasher. Yes, it is. Um, I have a theory about this show which is that halfway through making it, some of the writers watched Saw and were like, we've got a great idea about things that we can do on our show. Who says, we, um, who says we have to be a traditional slasher? We're already not traditional because we're a TV show. We can throw some traps in here. Because um, from from here onwards, there are... Uh, there's, there's some stuff that has some Saw influence, I would say. Uh-oh. So that's the end of episode seven. Good episode. Good oh, ass yeah. episode. Good episode. It's it's very fun that they they spend like the whole episode building you up like, yeah, Will's kidnapped and they're gonna save him. Um and then they just bait and switch you right at the very end. I love it. Oh yeah. I don't It's it's very like mean, but feels good yeah i i will was never my favorite uh and uh also i don't know why more killers don't do this because like someone is a lot easier to kidnap if they've already been kidnapped yeah true (laughs) it is also very funny because the that the killer is like you weren't supposed to forgive will i'm mad (laughs) that killed him and said you're just like your mother yeah. Your whore mother. 
Honestly, I was oh, thinking man. that, and I was like, to the killer, I was like, even if Emily wasn't like, was like, I still fucking hate Will. Like, I'm, I'm sorry he had to go through that, but I hate him. He was just kidnapped because of you. Like, if he was, if he wants you to come over and watch a movie, as long as you don't let anything happen, you're kind of obligated to like come over and watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is what's the implication here? Was the killer like listening to their phone call? I think so. But if he was, he would have known the the second date trivia. That's oh, true. Yeah. Well, What's you it? don't see is Emma immediately goes on Chirpster after that. And it's just like going over to Will's to watch the Expendables. Lol. Hashtag lol. I totally <laughs> forgive him. <laughs> yeah. There are a few people I think could be the killer. And I think multiple of them are people I could see Will texting and going, Emma's coming over. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we also know that the killer may or may not have access to like the the malware that like lets them watch people through their cameras. True. Yeah. Right. Maybe right. So, or it could be like a GPS. No, not a GPS thing. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> the killer might have fourth wall powers. Who knows? No. Um, Oh, the, I forgot the killer can sense when people are about to have sex. So clearly Noah and Emma were going to bone um, that, you know, that good post stabbing bone. Um, and the killer sensed it and was like, got to stop this from happening. So episode eight uh, opens by confirming that Will did indeed get sawed in half. They show you his body. Which is, like, a lot for them to show on MTV, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like they got away for, with it because it's mostly silhouette. Yeah. Yes, they they mostly show it either from behind or in silhouette. Because you see it a, a pretty good amount of times in this episode. Um, and, yeah, it is some Hannibal-level gore stuff that I was surprised at they could show on mtv although i feel like teen wolf had some gory stuff in it but i didn't watch all of teen wolf so i couldn't adequately compare the two i don't think i feel like you can get it on mtv because like one the fcc will let you do a lot of stuff with gore uh you just can't say fuck but um or you know genitals but uh all you have to do is mtv is pitch it and be like it's hannibal but for teens and with relationship drama, and they just go like, yes, 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 greenlit. That is true. Like, a lot of the problems that the FCC had with Hannibal was, like, uh, people's, like, butt cracks were showing <laughs> on the dead bodies. <laughs> Not that guy who became a violin. No, that's like, a, that's, like, a true anecdote about the show. Like, they thought that they wouldn't be able to get away with something in, like, the first season. And the FCC was just like, can you make it so that, like, the butt cracks show less on these corpses? And they were like, fine. And they put more fake blood on it to hide them. God, so I've never, I've never seen Hannibal, but from my Tumblr-based understanding of it, Nessa, there's definitely relationship drama. I, yeah, okay. I also, I didn't get that far into Hannibal because one of the episodes made me kind of sick and I was like, all right, y'all got some good tension in here, but I gotta stop. Yep, <laughs> that's how it is with Hannibal. I believe it. Yeah, but um, so, talk about the so mom, yeah, please, show... Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they show Will's corpse. Uh, they, they show like this 
silent, like, slow motion opening of, like, Emma is walking away from the the backyard and, like, Will's mom is showing up and she finds the body. Um, and it's very upsetting, actually. But presumably and... she might have seen Emma, right? Because the way they're walking, I feel like she couldn't have not seen Emma. Like, they definitely Just... walk past each other in one yeah, of the Yeah, they shafts. definitely walk past each other. And she, and she, I, I have to put this clear, the mom is not picking up speed. She's just, like, jovially carrying groceries. Just like, ah, Emma, showing up to our farm covered in blood, just like any other day. Do-do-do-do-do. Oh, God, my son! Yeah, I did think about that. Now I'm gonna drop these groceries in grief. Yeah, um, and then we get, like, a, the montage of uh, Emma, like, getting debriefed by the police, and she, like, goes to a therapist and gets, like, medication uh, because she's, like, in, in shock and, like, having all of this grief about seeing Will get chainsawed in half literally right in front of her. Um and the police, like, uh, question her a bunch about, like, well, d- did you see the killer? Like, what, did, what do you remember? And she's like, no, I, like, I didn't see anybody. I, I didn't see them. Um, and then Noah comes to the hospital to visit uh, Brooke and Jake. And he finds out from Brooke that Jake is going to be okay because the knife missed all of his major organs. Suspicious. Um... But he is on a lot of pain medication, so he is unconscious. Uh, there's a really kind of funny moment where uh, Brooke like leaves the room, and Noah is talking to unconscious Jake, <laughs> and and tells him that he ta- he was the one who tagged his truck. <laughs> and Jake wakes up out of a dead sleep to call him a nerd. <laughs> yeah, this was and- my. F- I loved it. <laughs> it's so good and to try and give him the finger not successfully yeah <laughs> he tries to give him the finger um and then the moment kind of gets ruined cause he wakes up and he's like where's Will and Brooke has to tell him that Will got chainsawed in half yep yep yeah. A lot. Mo- most of this episode is the fallout of Will getting chainsawed in half yeah and I, Jake, Jake does cry. Yes, yeah. he does. The uh, the opening scene also has Maggie monologuing the autopsy report over it. Yeah, which makes like a very direct point that I noticed at the start of the episode that points out that Will is an only child, and I feel like that's foreshadowing for later on in the episode that they make such a point of that in the autopsy report. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. You might be right. Um, so Maggie and Emma kind of have a conversation because Maggie is worried about Emma and Emma's like, no, I just want to like go back to normal. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to take the pills that the doctor gave me to like help me sleep better. Um, and then we find out that Piper has gone to the sheriff um, to bring him the blackmail tape that Will had, um, because now that Will is dead, she suspects that the mayor had something to do with it, um, because, like, Will was attacked twice, and he died the second time he was attacked, um, and so she gives 
She turns the blackmail tape over to the sheriff um, and is like, I don't want anyone else to die. Like, I think that he probably has something to do with it. Um, and the sheriff's like, well, why aren't you putting this on your podcast? And Piper is like, I'm not going to podcast my theories until I know the truth, which becomes immediately untrue later in the episode because we <laughs> yeah. find out that she's still doing her podcast. <laughs> yeah. And also, not how podcasting works. Literally, it's just saying fucking whatever and being able to get away with it because there's no regulation for putting it in a podcast. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what if we were just making up what happens in every episode? <laughs> Listeners, yeah. would you know? Nobody would know. Would you, you know? Wouldn't, you wouldn't know. You, you can't watch it. <laughs> this is just, we're the, mo- the world's most successful improv trope. God. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so so Piper turns this tape over to the sheriff, who may or may not end up acting on this information. Um, Emma goes back to school, and Noah and Audrey are very surprised to see her, um, and they, they both kind of know that she's not okay because they've also both lost their significant others in the past, like, two weeks. Um, and they do kind of, like, the writers do remind you of that in this, in this episode, which I thought was good. Um, (laughs) even if they, even if they kind of forgot about it for a couple episodes, um, Noah and Audrey are like, yeah, like, we're basically going through the same thing. Like, you can talk to us if you want to talk to us. Like, we know what it's like and, like, we're here for you. And Emma's like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. And no, no one Audrey are like, she's yeah. not good and she's not fine. Yeah. Yeah. Emma is in big boy trauma mode. Yeah. And and no one Audrey like have that moment where they look at each other and they're like, no, she's she's not okay. Um, but they they can't get her to admit that she's not okay, basically. Um, because she is just like pretending that she's fine. Um, and that Will didn't get chainsawed in half in front of her. Um she does, like, see a memorial for Will, like, set up at his locker and, like, kind of freak out, though. So we, the audience, know that she's not okay. I think everyone knows she's not okay. Well, yeah. Every- <laughs> everyone, including we, the audience, know that she's not okay. Um, And then we find out how Piper got the blackmail tape, which is that Brooke gave it to her. Um... Because Brooke talks to Piper about it at the school, I guess. And um, and Brooke says that she's scared about her dad being arrested. Um, and Piper's like, it's okay. You did the right thing. Nobody else is going to get hurt. And uh, Mr. Branson is also back at school. Uh, he is teaching the crucible. <laughs> yeah. Marn, you 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 know words. What's the Crucible yeah. about? <laughs> uh, the the Crucible is a is a play about the Salem witch trials. It's actually about McCarthyism. That um, they, I thought was weird for them to be doing in a senior English lit class because I learned it way earlier yes. in high school. But I I had the same thought. Um, they're like the two books we've known about them doing are uh or not you know what I mean the the two yeah, texts yeah. they've gone over so far are the Scarlet Letter and uh the Crucible, which to me feel like late middle school, early high school. 
Oh, we did the Crucible junior year. Interesting. I, yeah, I've I, never done I the Crucible. I also did the Crucible junior year. Maybe. I guess it's all variable. It's all variable. But yeah, I, I did think those were like two very weird picks for a senior English class. I was like, I feel like they would have learned this earlier. Um, unless they're in like the, the lowest level English class. <laughs> Which I would believe for like Jake. Uh-huh. <laughs> or perhaps Mr. Branson is just not a very good teacher. Shocker. <laughs> um... So yeah, so they're they're learning the crucible. Um, Noah turns this into another like serial killer. Branson is suspicious thing because he thinks that like Branson is giving the giving him coded messages through the lesson that like he knows that Noah's onto him. Isn't I? I don't think he is, but also I mean he did do the Scarlet Letter right after that like thing happened. I know that was probably also yeah. pre-planned, but this is just lining up a little bit too neatly. No, Mr. I think Branson's doing it on purpose. Yeah, Mister Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> he has to. He has to do their thematic English class episode of the week because they're in a, a horror show. Yep. This week we'll be doing My Sister Lives on the Mantelpiece. <laughs> like, how will they ever get the relevant information to defeat the killer if he doesn't do their thematic lessons? Um, and, and so Noah thinks that, like, Branson knows that he knows that, um, that Branson is potentially a murderer. And so he, like, turns this lesson into another monologue about serial killers. <laughs> But also, it's him being like, well, I think that maybe McCarthyism was a little bit correct. This show has everything. Uh, murder, mayhem, a defense of McCarthyism. Yeah. He literally says, like, I think, like, I don't think McCarthyism was that bad because, like, who knows if your neighbor is a serial killer. Like, okay, Elon Musk fan. <laughs> yeah. Richard Ramirez exists, therefore, it's fine. Yeah, he was like, well, BTK exists, so we should all be suspicious of our neighbors, looks directly at Mr. Branson. No, he specifically said Richard Ramirez, which kind of doesn't make sense, because Richard Ramirez was very like suspicious to his neighbors. You just don't mess with the crazy guy who lives in a motel. Yeah, he also, he did also say BTK though, right? Maybe. I don't... I was very distracted. He lists off like a bunch of serial killers. BTK makes sense. Um, yes. So then we find out that uh, the mayor is being questioned by the sheriff. Um, and he he basically is like, yeah, my wife is alive. And the sheriff's like, all right, like, how do I know? And the mayor's just like, dude, trust me. He gives the name of the place eventually. Yeah, <laughs> he really starts off by trying to be like, yeah, trust me, my wife's alive. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's cool. I'm Wait. the cool mayor. <laughs> I'm not like my other mayors. Yeah, I'm not like <laughs> other mayors. My t-shirt that says my wife is definitely alive is, uh, is getting a lot of questions already answered by my t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And the sheriff is like, okay, can you explain this tape that, like, has you dragging a dead body on it? And the mayor 
is, uh, and the mayor says, yes, but I want to explain it to Brooke first, like, before I explain it to the police. And for some reason, the sheriff is fine with this. <laughs> and he goes outside where Brooke is waiting, um, and he's like, hey, your dad wants to talk to you, and, like, I think that it will actually make him more receptive to, like, talking to us. Um, and Brooke's like, I'm not going to talk to him until I know that my mom is definitely for sure alive, which is a smart move, Brooke. <laughs> and uh, and so the mayor gives her the phone number that, or the, the sheriff gives her the phone number that the mayor gave to him um, to call her mom at rehab. Um, and, and says basically, like, yeah, here's here's the phone number. Like, your mom is expecting to hear from you. Um, and we and we find out that Brooke's mom is actually alive. but Which is a nice surprise. But what if it's a killer faking being Brooke's mom? Ooh, interesting. Ooh. Especially if the mayor gave the number. <laughs> Did they fact check the number? I didn't think about that. I like how the mom's just been in rehab this whole time, and she's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm sure they, the staff told her, like, yeah, you, there's, like, a little bit of a family thing your daughter's gonna call. And she's like, yeah, I miss you, sweetie. How are you doing? And Brooke's, like, not good, but I don't know if she explains the whole thing, but you get out of rehab, and your daughter's like, so, like, eight teens are dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been going through a lot while you've been in rehab. Uh, oh, I watched a man die, mommy. Yeah, because we, we, like, explicitly know that Brooke's mom doesn't have, like, a phone or internet or anything, and, and like, one of Brooke's worries was that her mom doesn't know what's going on in town, so, yeah, um, can't imagine what, what was said on that phone call, mm -hmm. and, um, and so then we go back to Emma at school, uh, Kieran comes up and, like, gives her a very long, silent hug, um, and Emma's like, thanks for not asking if I'm okay. Um, and, and Kieran is like, well, I'm here for you, even if I was a weirdo about <laughs> you helping Will, who almost died and then died for real. I'm here for you, girl. <laughs> Kieran, now is not the time. Yeah. Also, the, comp the competition's dead, baby. Yep. Yeah, if if Kieran's an undercover cop, he's not actually doing his job very well. No, no. He could be an undercover killer. Ooh. In which case, mm. he's doing his job pretty adequately. I mean, we don't know that he's killed anyone, even if he is one of the killers. That is true. There are four of yeah, them. Yeah, like, for all we know, one of them is hogging all of the murders. <laughs> the other... And the other three are like, come on, man, I want to murder someone. <laughs> Mom all, said it's all my I've been able to do knife. is <laughs> All I've been able to do is uh send threatening emails. Oh my god. <laughs> all I got to do is open a door. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> um and then Emma goes into the school bathroom to take her mystery pills which i think they say at different points in the episode are uh they they say that they're antidepressants and then they also say that they're sleep meds so we don't actually know what they do um and she sees uh will dead will standing behind her in the mirror which is a jump scare that i knew was coming and it still got me oh <laughs> yep. yeah 
two things. One, calling it now, someone has replaced her sleep meds with, like, something that's gonna make her hallucinate. Um, She's just two, not taking her meds, though. Well, she takes them in the bathroom. I no, am, she but drops I, them in I, the sink. Oh, yeah, she does. All right. Okay. Theory retracted. Second thing is that behind her is a poster for Titus Andronicus, which apparently the drama club is doing. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. There's something there. Something, something, something. Insert literary analysis. I wonder if Mr. Branson is in charge of the drama club. Oh, my God. Mr. He, Branson he is, is in charge of the drama club. Oh, my God. We do learn oh, that this episode. Oh, my God. He is. Holy shit. Also, they must be doing a modern version of Titus Andronicus, because if you looked at that uh, set, it's just one dirty couch. Yep. <laughs> it is. Yep. I'm, th- I'm thinking about it, and, like, the specific... I don't know if anyone needs it to replace her meds, because, like, I the specific thing that her mom says is, like, she gives her the antidepressants and is like, take one when you need it. Like, is she just popping these throughout the day? That's not, I don't think that's usually how you do antidepressants. I, I, I have, I, a, also... I have a theory about what it might be. I don't remember the actual name of the medication, but I know a lot of people who take it. It's good for anxiety. It's good for depression. And it's really good at get, helping you go to sleep. It's all in one. Yeah. And they're very small doses. So you can kind of just like pop them throughout the day. I've never taken them. Something that starts with a T. I'm blanking on it now. Interesting. It's not, it's not, granted, calling it an antidepressant would be a misnomer because I think it's yeah. mostly considered, classified as like an anxiety drug. That would make sense. But I do also want to say that they play the world's loudest scare chord when Will appears behind her <laughs> in the mirror. They do. And that was mostly what scared me, even though I knew the jump scare was coming. So yes, so so Emma has begun to hallucinate um, Will chopped in half, um, and more on that later, because we go back to the sheriff's office. Uh, the sheriff is kind of complaining about this whole case to Maggie. Um, once again, the killer is not communicating with him, so he's kind of off in his, his little cop show world. Um, he says that like he found her ex- And her ex was, like, working on an oil rig, but he's been taking time off um, since around the time that, like, people started getting killed in town. Um, And the cops are trying to trace the messages that the killer sent Emma, but Emma kind of barges in and is like, no, I don't want this because I think... Because, like, the killer is going to know whatever you do and people are going to start dying again because of me. Because, like, I got the cops involved. Which is kind of smart. Yeah. Like, I know I know that they want her to seem like the irrational one in the scene. But she's not wrong is the thing. Yeah. It shows up her greatest strengths and her greatest weakness as a character. Which is the, like, greatest... I guess strength is that she really cares about everybody else before she cares about herself. Like, she Mm -hmm. doesn't want to see the people around her hurt. Uh, And then her greatest weakness is that she will not accept help. Yeah. And, um... And then Audrey and Noah find Emma in the library uh, self-diagnosing on the internet. Yeah. In the largest font possible. Yeah! (laughs) Her webpage is zoomed in, like, all the way. Um, she's, like, reading, um, she's, she's reading, like, a WebMD page, basically, about, like, 
hallucinations and like not sleeping um and audrey and noah kind of confront her and she comes clean about like the fact that she hasn't been sleeping and she's like been having flashbacks to watching will die right in front of her and noah does a really bad job of trying to tell her that it's very normal for her to be feeling these things Mm -hmm. like the point of what he's trying to say to her is makes sense but he can't get it across adequately basically yeah i definitely thought there would have been worse ways for him to say it yes i feel like if the writers were gonna go that route they should have leaned into it a little bit more because it feels like not a great phrasing but still a fairly normal thing to say yeah it's not like offensive he just kind of makes a buffoon of himself in the process yeah which is normal (laughs) for noah which is yeah which is normal for noah uh but i was like i have to leave i can't take it anymore um, and she she runs away from the library, and Audrey's like, "Nice going, Noah." <laughs> Even though he really didn't do anything wrong, <laughs> he was he was trying his best. And then Emma like runs away from the from the library and comes down the hall and like hallucinates a blood trail on the floor. Um, and then she further hallucinates. Will's corpse coming after her um, and offering her a human heart. Yep. Gross. Cool and normal things. Yeah, normal. Normal and gross. <laughs> and she she then, like, she turns around and then runs directly into Kieran, uh, who takes her outside, but she won't explain to him why she was freaking out or, like, what she saw. Um, and she is kind of like having this breakdown and she says that she hates constantly being afraid for her life and afraid of the killer. And, and Kieran basically says like, I mean, like when my mom died, like I felt, I didn't really like feel, feel like anything. And like, it's normal to have like weird and like crazy and uncontrollable emotions that you can't really explain when somebody really close to you dies. Um, and I want to help, like, I want to be there for you. Um, but Emma pushes him away because she doesn't want the killer to get him too, which we will find out is going to be a lot of Emma's conflict in this episode. (laughs) It can't be. For good reason, though. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's fair, honestly. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's reasonable. I like the her getting away from Karen and she's like, I have to go to work. And it's like, who is your fucking manager? Yeah. They should be fired. You should not be at work. If anything, <laughs> your manager should say, you're not allowed to come in. Yeah. Because yeah, Emma is clearly forcing herself to just like go and pretend her life is normal. Mm-hmm. Because they try to stop her from going to school also. Yeah, I I feel like she definitely was the one to be like, I could totally go to work, and nobody was like, no, you're not allowed because your boyfriend got chainsawed <laughs> in half right in front of you. Yeah. Um, and then we... <laughs> and then we find out that Piper is at the coffee shop where Emma works, 
she is like recording a, an episode about how Will like saved her life and she's like a part of the case now and she can't be objective about it anymore. Um, I I didn't listen to a lot of this because I was so distracted by the fact that she is recording a podcast in the middle of a of the day in in the coffee shop. Yeah, I was yeah. like, this podcast sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah. She just she's not even using her laptop either. She just has a mic plugged into her phone. Yeah. My Which, like, um, what she does say though is like almost word for word what she has already said to the group mm-hmm. and to the sheriff, word for word about Will saving her life. It is too rehearsed. Yeah, my my one thing I could see is that she like does voice drafts at first and then like scripts it all and records the podcast later. But fingers crossed, that's what's happening. I hope so, because otherwise her podcast sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. It, like that that shit's fine when you, when you listen to the NPR people and they're like, "I'm recording from a war zone or from outside at a protest," and you're like, "I get why it sounds like that," but anytime else, you're like, "You're like, why does your house sound that bad?" Also. If I was at, like, Panera and someone was recording a podcast, like, two tables away from me, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, who do you think you are? Um, so, Emma has no problem with this, apparently, and she has a conversation with Piper about the mayor being in jail, um, and Piper's like, well, I think that you need to find a way to fight back against the killers so that you can stop living in fear. And Piper goes off on this whole thing about how, like, Emma comes from, like, a family of survivors and, like, she shouldn't believe the the killer and she should, like, trust her instincts and try to find the answers on her own. Normal and good to hear from an adult who was not helpful at all while you got stabbed in a bowling alley. Yeah, again, with Piper, like, manipulating these teenagers to, like, try and get a good story out of it. Or maybe more. Or maybe more. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to the sheriff's office. The sheriff uh, bursts in on Maggie in her, like, medical examiner basement room. Um, And he's like, I was, just so you know, I wasn't accusing your ex-boyfriend of being the killer earlier when we talked. And Maggie's like, yeah, I know. He, it probably isn't the killer. Like, he wouldn't do this to his own daughter. Um, and the sheriff's like, well, I tracked him down and he's been really close to Lakewood. And I want you to tell me if he gets in touch with you or Emma. So- I'm not accusing you. I'm accusing you now. <laughs> yeah. This, this scene created a new theory in my brain. Oh, Ooh, interesting. Tell My theory is that the sheriff is Brandon James. Because, <laughs> mm. like, the last time anyone would have seen Brandon before he supposedly died is when he was still recovering from facial reconstruction surgery. Yeah. Interesting. You don't know what his face looks like now. That's a good theory. I like it. And he's just, like, so defensive specifically about the ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah. And that could just be how men work in this world, but I do, that would be such a twist. Like, if that happened, I'd be like, oh my god! Okay, we be- we re- remake Scream 2015 exactly the same. Different actors, obviously, but we try to find, you know, like, young 
lookalikes and <laughs> I think first chance sexy matters. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't. I've I I find it creepy whenever they because I would want it to still be set in high school so we could have that going on. And I really they're already pushing it. Yeah, at but this you point. know the kid who played Noah would come back for it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the two changes we make is one, everyone is horny for everyone this time. Every person, like we do a rule where like every person has to have at least one scene with another person where they're like, okay, you two, just improv it, be horny on each other. There's a killer about, make eye contact and talk about your dads or something. Second one, the reveal is that the, it was the sheriff all along. And that the sheriff was Brandon like James, like Emma said. I like this theory. I'm, I'm interested to see how it develops. I I do <laughs> I do like that we've devised a theory now to make the sheriff more interesting. <laughs> we have to do the work that the show won't. Yeah, exactly. We have to bring him back into this genre. <laughs> we have to we have to put some meat on his plot, <laughs> which otherwise just isn't really doing much. Um so uh, so then Emma stays late after work, and uh, Daisy Daisy comes on the speakers like it did in the bowling alley, um, and it's implied that this this part of the scene is real because she actually like goes under the counter and changes the music on the like iPhone that is plugged in down there, um, but then when she stands up, she sees uh, Dead Will who hands her a keychain. Um, I think it's a keychain. You don't get to see a lot of what it is because he, like, drops it into her hand um, and then she's, she's like, interrupted by the deputy who is, like, part of her security detail um, and Will and the, the thing in her hand vanish. But I thought it had a key ring it on was, it. Um, it was Riley's heart-shaped keychain that they find oh. when they go to the hospital and they're like, ooh, he has trophies. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're so right. I didn't make that connection. That makes sense. I had a hard time with the is 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 it's it's hard to tell whether the implication is that someone like snuck up and changed the song on the phone or if like she did it herself without realizing. I was also thinking that because I originally thought that she was like hearing things. And then I was like, well, no, because she actually went and like got the aux cord. And changed it. I mean, if it's like a um, random playlist or something. Or like the killer hacked into the, the work Spotify playlist. That's possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, it you wouldn't be the craziest thing. ends on Spotify and it starts giving you like recommended songs. The killer hacked it into would... her recommended songs. I feel like it would have made more sense if it was like a Bluetooth and not an aux, like a phone connected to an aux cord. Yeah. I, I did um, have someone hack into my Spotify recently. Oh, and no. I'm pretty sure they were just trying to promote their own podcast because they kept interrupting my podcast by playing a different one and I would stop it and go back to mine and they would stop it and go back to theirs. Oh my god. So I had to That's change so my funny. password and log out everywhere. Oh my god. Um so so because of this hallucination, uh Emma sleeps overnight at the hospital. I think There's, the implication is that right after the deputy shows up, she, like, passes out or has, like, a full breakdown or something. Yeah, yeah. I I had a hard time with that because they, they don't do, like, 
a point A to point B exactly. They just show like the deputy being like, are you okay? And then they show her in the hospital. Yeah, I think the implication is that they're like, cool, mental health ward. Like, let's keep an eye on this kid. Yeah, yeah and... <laughs> And so she, uh, so she's in the in the hospital, and Maggie is there, and kind of is like, "Are you gonna be okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Um, and then she goes to bed, and she hears someone open the door to her room, and you think that it's gonna be a a scary hallucination, but it's actually a real guy. It's her dad. But is he a real guy and not a hallucination? Well, actually, he's. Emma might be right because, like, the the dad she meets later is like not real. That yeah, she does have like a, a a dream with her dad in it later. And you also never like hear or see him leave the hospital room. He's just gone. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Either he's perfected his like Batman slash serial killer leaving, or he was never there at all. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I was kind of disappointed when I saw him because I was like, it definitely defeated my theory that, like, he was the real killer all along. Because I was like, look at it. Uh, his actor's, like, kind of, like, rugged, like, handsome And I was like, there's no way you're... You, I'm not, not the killer for everything, but the killer in, like, 1987 or whatever. Uh, I'm like, there's no way you killed a bunch of other high school students. But maybe that's what they want you to think. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um... Yeah, I wonder... So, so yeah, so her dad is there. Uh, her dad, whose name is Kevin, <laughs> which we have found out at some point, because I have it in my notes. Uh, and he's like, I didn't talk to your mom, because I didn't know if she would let me come see you. Um, and we find out that Emma wrote him letters that he never answered, because he kind of wanted a clean break from her and Maggie... But he says that he really misses her, even though he couldn't stay after, like, what he and Maggie went through and, like, all of the the bad memories that he has in Lakewood. And Emma tells him that she listened to his tape for, like, the, the PTSD project interview. And her dad says, yeah, like, it, it took me a while to, like, sort myself out, but I'm here now and I want to be here for you. And Emma rightfully is like okay well you don't get to just walk back into my life randomly after you've been ignoring me for most of my childhood so uh i would like you to leave now yeah be strong emma yeah this whole episode is like a shitty dad of the year tournament between emma's (laughs) dad the sheriff and brooke's dad it literally is i don't think there are any good dads on the show Audrey's dad. Oh, Audrey's dad. You're right. Only good dad on this entire show. <laughs> I'm also going to say, I we love Maggie. We stand Maggie, as True. the kids say. But uh, I was just sitting there as Emma was like telling her to leave. And I just know what my own mother would have done, which would have been like, no, fuck you. You saw your boyfriend get chained in half. I'm staying at the hospital with you. If you want me to wait in the hallway, I'll wait in the hallway. But I'm staying here because you need somebody here. That is true. Maggie just, like, goes home when Emma tells her to go home. She's She's like, like, yeah, you'll be be fine by yourself all night in the hospital. 
she's a cool mom. And sometimes being a cool mom means that you're like, okay, I'm listening to you. But sometimes it's not about what your kid wants. It's about what they need. But not in a weird way. Not in a mom who has a TikTok about her child way. <laughs> oh, God. We're just going to find out down the line that Maggie has had her own plot line going on <laughs> this God. whole time behind the scenes. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, yeah, I can. I can. I can. I would love it if it was like in I a can. different genre space entirely. Like we, if we we find out that she's been chosen by a magical sword or something. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a lot of the adults just feel like they're kind of in their own show where there's not a serial killer. Um, but so then the next morning, Piper comes to the hospital to visit with Emma uh, as a friend, and Emma. Tells Piper that her dad came back after leaving for eight years. Um, even though this is like weird information for her to be telling Piper instead of like any of her real life close friends, like perhaps Brooke or Audrey. Yeah. Also, Piper uh, comes in dressed like a Buffy the Vampire bondage librarian. Yeah. Yes. Yes, she her, does. Her outfit is like. The short blazer with the long sleeves. It's it's weird. Not 2015. Yeah. Also, Audrey does not appear very much in these uh in these two episodes I just noticed. I wonder I wonder if that was actually because Becca Taylor Klaus had like a, a prior obligation. Um or if they just Voltron. like for literally Voltron came out 2016 this oh no they would have filmed this in 2014 so ugh, I don't know yeah that was that was also my thought if maybe they were recording Voltron but it, this feels too early but also I don't know the timeline for cartoons maybe you record the voices in cartoons really early a lot of times you do yeah because a lot of times the animators will use like the recording of the voice actor as a reference for doing the character's facial expressions when they're talking. Mm. Um, it could also be like, like the Voltron, like they had to do like a test run, like a pilot episode well before any of the show actually starts airing. Okay. So that's but, why Audrey is missing. Yeah. So it would yeah, probably line I up bet, really well, yeah. actually. Yeah. I bet that would be why. Um, but we do, we, we do get to see Audrey a little bit, uh, in in this episode, her and Noah are at the game store, um, and they talk about Branson and like if he is a killer and what are his motives, um, and they can't really come up with anything concrete. Noah's like, well, maybe he's killing like high school archetypes, <laughs> like Nina was the mean girl and Tyler was the jock, um. But it's like they they just can't really come up with anything, um, and Brooke visits her dad in jail. He goes on this big thing about how he's like he, everything he's done has been for his family, and he's he wants to protect their family, but he's not a murderer, and he explains the story of the body that he disposed. Which, Nessa, you almost got it like right on the money. I was so close. You were so close. Uh, he says it was a friend of Brooke's mom uh, who was doing drugs with her and overdosed in the guest room of their house. Um, and he didn't want it to get out 
that uh, that her mom was doing drugs and that someone had overdosed in their house. So he uh, he had to hide the body. And Brooke is rightfully upset. And she basically is like, okay, I don't want to be a part of her family anymore. Um, and she says that she is staying with Jake's family for the time being. I think her dad tells her to stay with Jake's family because he's like, he's like, go with the Fitzgeralds or whatever. They'll take yeah, care of you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he he like tells her that, and and then she's like, I I will goodbye, and she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Oh, Brooke. I know her dad's kind of like not a good person, but also Brooke does a lot of stuff going on. She has a lot going on, yeah. I feel like your dad can kind of get a pass on this one. Not like a pass pass, but like, I'll write you a letter in jail, dad. Yeah. Um, and so Emma stays at the hospital another night. Uh, she's still having nightmares. She hears her parents arguing in the hallway. And there's like a, a really like weird, interesting transition that they do here where it's like, you think that she's hearing them arguing in the hospital hallway and then she goes and like opens the door of the of her hospital room and suddenly she's like watching from like the the stairs of her house and like she's in a memory of seeing her parents argue um when she was younger and they are like arguing uh so it, it, it's a memory of the night her dad left is is what it is you find out and she remembers in in this like dream that she's having that she heard her parents arguing about a baby that her dad didn't want but that her mom did and she quote unquote wakes up in the hospital and her dad is there and she confronts him about it and she's like what like what baby were you arguing about um and he's like, just think about it. Like, it'll make sense if you think about it. You have all the clues, Emma. And she noticed that uh, they're in the pediatrics ward. Um, and then she kind of wakes up and her dad is not there anymore. It was all a dream. I gave you all the clues, Emma. He also does specifically say, he's like, no, 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 I always wanted you. She's yes. Like, She's like, what the hell are you talking about? What other baby? Foreshadowing. <laughs> and um yeah so he so her her dream dad vanishes and she wakes up and then she goes back into her room and she messages Audrey and is like hey I need a favor can you send me the video that you took in the abandoned hospital um and Audrey is like sure and just like messages her the video the messaging and- app is totally blank there's yeah. no messages in it to start from anyone okay. Okay, even though, one, I think Emma canonically has a Samsung, so I don't know why she has iMessage. Um, (laughs) But she has iMessage, and your messages that you send on your iPad or your MacBook are technically different than the ones that send on your iPhone. Because, like, I have literally zero text to anyone on my iPad because I don't use it for that, except for one that I have to a friend. I'm like, and it's just, I'm I'm pooping, my phone died. Do you need me? I also thought it was really funny that she asked Audrey to email her the video and Audrey just sends it through iMessage. <laughs> yeah. Such a big video file. Yes, yeah, such a big video file. Um, and 
And so, and, and Audrey's also like, hey, like, what are you looking for? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so she just sends me the full video file. Uh, and she, she like scrubs through it and she finds um, some ultrasounds that were on the wall of like the killer lair area uh, that were hung out, that were hung up with the x-rays that they found um prince and james x-rays yeah with brandon james's x-rays and then noah and audrey are (laughs) so kind of concurrent to this noah and audrey are at the school after hours because they are searching uh mr branson's classroom because noah is like adamant that he wants to find evidence that they can take to the sheriff uh, to get Mr. Branson questioned or, like, considered a suspect in this case. Because Noah, at this point, really thinks that it's Branson, even though he was kind of waffling on it um, earlier in, in the season. And he... <laughs> and so they pull, like, the intercom speaker off the wall, and they find a knife and a cell phone that seem incredibly planted there to be found. Oh, yes. Yeah. And they don't really consider that perhaps they were planted there uh, and because Noah gets a hit on Mr. Branson's identity and finds out that uh, his real name is Seth Palmer um, and that he was a liberal arts college teacher who had an affair with an 18-year-old who then turned up dead. Um, and he was a suspect in her death until he changed his name and moved out to Lakewood. And so Noah and Audrey are immediately like, okay, let's get the sheriff in here. Um, and the sheriff is actually suspicious of why Noah and Audrey started looking into Branson because, uh, like, as far as the sheriff knows, like, they didn't have evidence until just now. Um, and Noah is like, well, there was malware, like, we found out about this malware that was, like, in the language arts homework website, and, like, it's on Branson's computer, uh, and the sheriff then looks at the phone that was, um, in the, like, little space behind the intercom, and he finds that, uh, the texts on it were the texts that were sent to Riley the night that she died. And that is enough evidence. So he's like, okay, I'm putting on an APB on this guy. I think the implication being that it's Tyler's phone. Because remember, Riley was texting yes. Tyler. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 it is Tyler's phone. Oh, then. that makes sense. Or at least that he was faking it being Tyler's phone. Um, Incredibly But yes, planted. probably Tyler's phone. Uh, and, we, and we shortly find out that Branson is still in the school. He has stayed after hours for drama club um, (laughs) because Brooke comes to find him. And Brooke is, yeah, Brooke is like being impulsive because her life is falling apart because of all the stuff with her dad. Um, And she wants to have sex with Branson in the theater. Um, And it's yeah it's not good um interspersed with this we get uh emma asks maggie to like come meet her in the hospital and she confronts her with the ultrasound 
Um, and Maggie admits that she left town after the Brandon James murders because she was pregnant and not actually because of the murders and that she had a baby when she was 16 and she gave the baby up for adoption. Um, but she didn't have any contact with the kid after that because it was a close adoption. Um, and then she moved back to Lakewood and she tried really hard to like forget about it and kind of make herself a new life. Um, and she also admits to Emma that Brandon James was the father of the baby. Um, she says that uh, Kevin, Emma's dad, slept with her best friend at, at one point while they were teenagers. Um, and she found out about it while they were at the bowling alley. And she uh, she had Brandon, who was working there at the time, drive her home. Um, and then like while he was comforting her... And they were, like, talking in the car. They kind of ended up hooking up. Um, and, and it was nice. And Emma thinks that, like, the kid that Maggie gave up is maybe back and, like, wanted her to find the ultrasound and also might be behind the murders. I really liked the scene. Um, again, I think the actress who plays Maggie is, like, a fucking powerhouse. Yes. It's such a good dynamic. This scene really got me. Yeah, like she is incredible in this scene. Yeah, I agree. Just, I don't know if, if like mother daughter stuff is done really well. It it really yeah it really hits. Yeah, yeah. All right, Emma, tell yeah, the theory, so- and then I'll tell you if mine matches or not. I think the baby's Piper. Yeah, yeah, that's Ooh. what I thought because I was like, Piper's a little bit Dad's older, gone, little bit older, way too friendly with Emma. Yeah. It, d- the murder was murdered by police. Loved mm-hmm. the truth. Uh, yeah. So much lines up. And she's like, I've never known my dad. Yeah. Bruh. You should reconnect with your dad. <laughs> so much, so much like cryptic shit she says to the teens to force them to do stuff, kind of. Like, yeah. That would explain why she, her podcast is so rehearsed, why she was in the town before the murders even started. Like, She's the baby. She's the baby. I guess we'll see if it pans out. Well, if she's the baby, then how is the sheriff Brandon James? <laughs> I mean... Well, he ran away the under the cover things. of darkness. Yeah, as far as anyone knows, Brandon James is dead. And Brandon James doesn't know that he has an illegitimate daughter out there. Yeah. Yeah, he got shot, fell into the lake, swam away, uh... Ended up on a, like a he he ended up being taken in by a cop like an old cop. He got <laughs> he got he he learned the ways under him while his face recovered, and um, like that's why he grew up and became became a cop uh today. Yeah, and the the old cop gave him all his documents so that way he had like a new social security card and stuff. The theories are incongruent on timelines, but in just the way that this show loves. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. He did also have Kieran at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, well, I think that could work out. He leaves the the cop's house one night to, like, go down to a bar or something. Because obviously the old cop lives further out than here. Uh, and gets a girl pregnant and then, you know, kind of bounces. Alright, I buy it. (laughs) And, uh... And so then it goes back to uh to Brooke and Branson, and they're having sex on like this ca- this 
dirty couch backstage. So I will much say, stuff has been done on that couch. Oh, you know, so yeah, much stuff has happened. I, on that I was going to say, very true to high school. We, yep. my high school, definitely had couches that were like nasty, and people definitely had sex on I'm them. I'm pretty sure we had that <laughs> same exact couch, like yeah. same. I was going to say make and model, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, and Branson, like, hears a noise and is like, stay here in your underwear, Brooke. I'll check it out. And leaves her alone in the dark. <laughs> I just wrote, and, uh, uh Brooke. Yeah. And then the, the like, stage curtains open on Brooke and the lights come on. Uh, I did write here, bisexual lighting, hashtag bisexual Brooke. That was the foreshadowing. <laughs> that was them setting it up. Yep. That was the foreshadowing for bisexual Brooke. Um, and they put like a spotlight on her and the, then the killer like comes out of the audience and climbs up on the stage, which I thought was a little bit stretching it because it's one of those like high school auditorium stages where it's like pretty raised off the ground. Oh, yeah. They should be like, uh, hang on a second. Let me get my leg up. <laughs> yeah. The killer just like fucking vaults up there. Maybe he's got a step uh, and. <laughs> Yeah, and runs after her, uh, and, like, gets her on the arm with their knife, but Brooke, like, slides into a gap between, like, two pieces of scenery, um, and gets away, and then she runs, like, out from backstage into, like, the, like, the main part of the theater, and she runs into Branson, and the cops busted, and they find Branson standing over Brooke, who is naked and bleeding, and Branson gets arrested. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The only way it could be more incriminating, because he he's like, she's like, where were you? And he was like, he was like, I got accidentally got locked out, so I had to go around. Uh, the only uh, the only way it could be more incriminating, he'd be like, I had I got locked out, I had to go around, and also I found this knife. Yeah. <laughs> My my wife like exclaimed with glee when this happened. <laughs> I wrote that as the episode was wrapping up, she turned to me and she said, I've never felt catharsis like this before. I'm so glad. As they were like slapping the cuffs on Branson. <laughs> oh. I mean, the way they've set it up makes it seem as though he has been framed. Yeah. Unfortunately. I think if anyone were to frame Mr. B, I feel like they are pointing us so closely at Jake, but in a way where I think he's involved, but not the brain behind it. Even okay, if he thinks in, he has more sway in, than he does, because he knows that Brooke is hooking up with Mr. B. They established that earlier in the episode, or in the previous episode, I can't remember which one. And like... So clearly he knows and would be the one framing Mr. B, but I think that, like, I think it might be Piper, and I think she's got Jake doing her bidding because he seems easy to peer pressure into doing something stupid. Or if multiple murders theory, Mr. B's part of it, Piper is part of it. How did they meet? Why, did it, why are they teaming up on this? I have no idea. Um... Well, if it's if it's him. <laughs> the ultrasound had twins. Oh God! <laughs> Wait, I, maybe. Uh, if it if it's four murderers, would it be Mr. B, Piper, who else? Who would the other two be? 
Jake and then Will was also involved, but somebody in the group decided that he couldn't be in it anymore, and they were like, we gotta get rid of him. Vanessa, we really are having a mind meld here. <laughs> the murderers are now picking themselves off because they've decided there's too many Will was of them. a liability. He was too into Emma. Exactly. You didn't get what we were doing with this whole, like, Emma is Piper's enemy thing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Also, the sheriff is Brandon James, but, like, unrelated to any of that. Genuinely, I think that is what is going on. I genuinely think the sheriff is Brandon James, but unrelated to the murderers. That would be crazy if, at the end, like, someone, someone randomly who was, like, unrelated to Scooby-Doo was like, and also, I'm the Golden State Killer. <laughs> You all weren't investigating me, but just, we were all, everyone had a fun secret reveal, and I didn't, so. I mean, yeah, that would explain why the sheriff was, like, in his own TV show most of the time. Exactly. Oh my god, does I feel lightheaded. Then I've done my job. I almost okay. I almost killed a man the other day for eating a bagel a funny way. God. So, overall, what do we think of these two episodes? Really good. Peak television. A lot happening. Yeah. I yeah, I feel like the back half of this season is where like I don't I I don't want to say where this show starts to get good cuz it's been it's been good before this, but I feel like it's where the plot really starts to pick up and you see the writers start to do some more like interesting stuff and they kind of throw you some curveballs like with the the whole will bait and switch that they that they do um and and it's very fun i like it a lot it pulls away from camp and leans really hard into horror but yes. not necessarily into slasher horror just into horror in general yeah and it's it's also nice i think that they almost give you a little bit of a breather episode after they have, like, the whole very intense episode with, like, the, the bowling alley and Will. Uh, they then kind of give you a whole episode to, like, sit with the consequences of that. I forgot that TV can be good. Yeah, who knew? Serialized television. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, though, like, well, I can imagine because I watched the show as it aired. Oh no! Uh, watching the episode where Will died and then having to wait a full week after that. Oh my god! Oh, I would have been going crazy. And then they just open with it just to remind you. <laughs> yep. Hey, remember last week? <laughs> hey, by the way, this guy got chainsawed in half. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you'd missed the previous week and tuned back in. Oh and god! Didn't have the context and thought the episode was just yeah. opening with that. Yeah, I also really like the the gore effects in these episodes. I like that uh that they start to get into actual kind of like gross stuff. Same. Yeah. I I really like there's a I like that they're going like kind of old school with the slasher stuff where like you can mm -hmm. get there's a lot of like older slasher movies. I guess like even going back going back to like giallo sort of stuff where just like ridiculous ridiculous kills and I want more of that. I have very good news about the rest of the show, yes, Jacqueline. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> um, 
again, I do think someone in the in the writers' room watched Saw over like a weekend. It was like, guys, I I have a great idea. <laughs> but I, I I think they make it work for the show. Um, and I think it's good. MVPs and LVPs. What are we thinking? Hmm. Okay, my MVP is gonna be Emma because she's doing fantastic for somebody who got saw someone got chainsawed in half and inadvertently chainsawed someone in half, like via her own actions. Yeah, I'm not manslaughter blaming, but yeah, I feel like it's hard to pick an MVP for this week because a lot of people made a lot of mistakes in these two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> These two episodes are just like bad things happen to everyone. Um but I think you might be right. I, I kinda wanted to give it to Emma. I kinda almost want to give it to Brooke, but she she lost me there at the end. Yeah. Um I mean, I'll make a case that she does a great job not getting stabbed to death in the auditorium. That is true. She does do a very good job getting not stabbed to death. Oh, Nessa, who's your LVP? Oh, we're doing both at the same time? Sorry, I thought I was gonna, we were going to do everyone's MVPs and then everyone else's MVPs. Um, LVP, Piper. I know that's somebody else's book. Piper, just A, for being sus, so sussy, and B, for just being like, oh, I have a headache. Sorry, teens. Guess you're going to have to solve this one by yourselves. Good luck at the abandoned bowling alley. Yeah. She really does just go like, uh-oh, I have a concussion, and leaves. <laughs> Yep. Oh. <laughs> what do you think, Jacqueline? Oh, it's always so hard. Like, my typical move, I would, of course, have to say that Will is the LVP for uh, getting kidnapped twice and then dying. <laughs> uh, I was also going to say that. <laughs> I, but I don't, maybe for this week, I'll give it to Brooke because, like, don't, don't, don't pull a knife out of someone if they're dying, if they're stabbed. Oh, yep. Jacqueline's very right. Oh, yeah. 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 I think you're right. I was also maybe going to give it to Jake for wandering off to the bathroom <laughs> during a kidnapping <laughs> and getting stabbed. Yeah. My my MVP, though, I might give it to the killer. I, I think the killer is taking Fair some answer. dubs this week. That's... That's actually a good point. I hadn't considered that we could do that. <laughs> I think you've changed the game. <laughs> so my my actually I'm changing it. My MVP of the week is Jacqueline. Oh thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my MVP of the week is the giant chainsaw. Oh god. Oh no. Oh no. Emma, what about you? Um controversial opinion, but I will explain it. I'm okay. going to give MVP to Will because he is such a core plot device. Mm. Okay. Throughout oh, these okay. two episodes where, like, him being kidnapped is the driving force. He does apparently, like, hold the killer off after having been stabbed and kidnapped since he is still alive after holding the door closed. And in episode eight, the, like, fucked up hallucination dead version of him is a driving force and moving the plot forward and like making Emma move forward towards a new discovery. Yeah, his actor is really really good in that. Like his actor's great at playing like cut in half ghost. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um also if you're not watching the show, he's cut cut in half hot dog style, not hamburger. Correct. <laughs> 
right down the middle. <laughs> that does feel important, yeah. Um, so that's why Will's my MVP this week. A lot of, a lot of plot momentum through this man and through this man's ghost. <laughs> um, and then my LVP is Kieran. <laughs> yes. He's just like, so are you going to date me yet? I'm sorry you just watched the, your former boyfriend get cut in half in front of you, but like, want to fuck? Um, and it's like, dude, read the read the fucking room, man. Oh. I'm a nice guy. I comforted you after your boyfriend was cut in half. God, all of the... This, this show has, like, a problem where all of Emma's love interests, except for Audrey, who I am considering one of her love Agreed. interests, are just, like, r- ridden kind of the same way, where they're like... Emma, why are you so preoccupied with the slasher killer in our town? You should date me. <laughs> it's like, well, gee, I wonder why she's so preoccupied with the, the literal murderer. Yeah, it's almost like there's a literal murderer. <laughs> yeah. Who calls in the middle of the night? He's not calling Will, he's calling Emma. It is also, I, I feel like, kind of a symptom of the thing that, that we talked about last week, where... Kieran, like, just got here. <laughs> he doesn't really have, like, a reason to be emotionally invested in, like, anything that's going on. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's it's weird because he, like, feels like he's so disengaged with the rest of, like, what is going on with the other teens. He's also in yeah. his own genre. Yeah, he's, like, also kind of in his own show. And I hope that they find a way to kind of pull him back into the main plot of what's going on because right now it's just like something tragic happens and then he like shows up in a separate scene like 20 minutes later to talk to Emma about it and be like I'm so sorry that happened to you Emma like thinking about this (laughs) a very like broad theory of the show could it be said that Emma is the main one who is existing in a slasher genre and that everyone else is sort of operating in their own television show genre. And as they get pulled further and further in by orbiting around Emma, they are like more likely to get killed and stuff. Because like yeah. Interesting. I feel like you could like identify various characters fitting into various different like oh, they're on this kind of TV show instead. Yeah. You're totally Noah's right. on one of those like internet shorts that are like meta, like a like a cracked oh, like a cracked video. <laughs> It's like an old college humor sketch. Yeah. The part where he's uh, the part where he's like, oh, on the, the the tearful reunion cue or whatever. It makes me f- fucking oh god. He seems like the type of guy who would like hear the name of a movie and like in said in the movie and be like, roll credits. <laughs> yeah. I kind of. I, I hated that so much. I kind of love him for that. That's fair. <laughs> I love him and I want to shove him into a locker. These both can be true statements. I also feel like they're they're starting to do the thing less where Emma and Noah are kind of like competing to be the the main character. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're making it more clear that Emma is the protagonist. Yeah, cuz Noah gets like a pretty healthy amount of plot in these episodes, but like he he also like is not the main focus of them at all. Yeah, he's very clearly the subplot to the point where he even makes a joke about it when there's the substitute teacher and goes, Haha, the subplot. Get it, Audrey? Because <laughs> we're in a TV God. show. And we're the subplot this week. 
Do you get it, Audrey? And Audrey also looks like she's about to shove him in a locker. Again, how much of this bullshit do you think Audrey's had to deal with during like so their whole much. lives? So much. A lot. Oh, just, yeah. I think that is going to do it for us this week. Don't get stabbed. Don't get chainsawed. Don't take the knife out if you get stabbed. Nicole was your typical hopeless romantic, moonlighting as a fanfiction writer. Claudia was a hard-headed activist with a YouTube channel and the mysterious past. When Nicole hit a deep funk in her writing, Claudia suggests one of her hidden passions, romance novels. Now the two have fallen into a world of endless handsome hunks, doe-eyed damsels, and lascivious lovers. It is now their sacred duty to rank these novels on three criteria. Their steaminess. I had to fan myself off. Their dreaminess. She's not missing anything without him, but he makes her life better. And their meaniness. Cal wouldn't be in some small town pie eating contest. That's not why he left me. <laughs> Join our heroines every other week as they overcome unhealthy relationship archetypes, thesaurus abusing authors, and anatomical inaccuracies to prove that love can conquer all on the Three Little Words Podcast, only on the Moonshot Network.